Hi, and welcome to my CBT podcast. This is Dr. Julie Osborne. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I have my doctorate in psychology. I specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm here to help you bring the power of CBT into your own life. So I appreciate you being here with me in this podcast. My dear friend and colleague, Dr. Antoinette Gupta, is going to be talking with me about phobias, especially about flying. I have a lot of emails and inquiries about getting help about getting on a plane and traveling. So we're going to talk about her specialty, which is EMDR, as well as using CBT to address this issue. And as always, you know, we will give you information at the end of the podcast, how to reach both of us if you have more questions. But I think this is going to be a really helpful session. Um, and something a lot of you guys will be really able to relate to and share with others. So thank you for being with me, Dr. Antoinette Gupta. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. And just because we're friends, we're going to call each other Julie and Antoinette. But she will be sharing with you in just a moment um, her specialty and her background. Um, so you'll understand where she's coming from. And then we'll go from there. Sure. So, um, yeah, as you know, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm in private practice in Irvine, California for more than a decade now. I work with uh, mostly individuals, couples and families with uh, young children, uh, adolescents and teenagers. And uh, the issues that I mostly treat are uh, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, uh, relationship distress, uh, trauma, um, and different types of uh, phobias, such as, you know, fear of flight or fear of the needles, fear of driving, claustrophobia, addiction. Uh, yeah. And then after that, we have addiction, separation, divorce, and loss. Excellent. And in my practice, when I, when I treat clients, I incorporate my orientation is incorporating emotion-focused therapy along with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and EMDR. And these are, the, uh, these are the tools that I use. Excellent. Okay. That's why I thought it'd be good to talk to you because you also do CBT like me. Yes. But your specialty is more with the EMDR. That's right. And then you mentioned the EFT, which is the emotional focus, focus therapy. Right. We're going to focus more on how the EMDR and CBT can help with the phobias, phobias. today. That's correct. Okay, so what do you find are the most common phobias you address, would you say? Um, mostly it's, uh, so I've had clients coming in for fear of flying, uh, fear of driving, uh, whether it's on the freeway or just driving generally. Um, it, it could also be claustrophobia. Many people are very afraid of going into elevators or going into enclosed spaces. Yes. And uh, I've also had uh, uh, kids who've had, uh, who've had, uh, who've had a lot of fear of needles going mm. into getting their shots or doing blood work, blood work, yes. dentist work. Yes. Those, yes. Those types. Yes. Excellent. Okay. And, and so, um, I just want the viewers to know what EMDR is. Good. So it's, uh, it stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And what that means is that, uh, clients, uh, use uh we make use of eye movement so they move their eyes to a light scan to lights that move back and forth so they would just follow the light uh moving back and forth um and so what this does is that it's hypothesized that this studies have shown that this seems to help uh their distress their anxiety to uh 
to alleviate their anxiety quite so a lot, kind of especially just, in the body. Okay. So it's just something in your brain, I'm guessing. Is it, that right? So it's hypothesized that when something bad happens, uh, things get frozen in time in, you know, in the limbic system. So, and, and they have, I mean, the person has all the information in the left brain, which is basically all the adaptive information about what, what went on, but they're not able to make sense of this particular experience that has happened to them. And so with eye movements, what ha it kind of uh, mimics uh, the way we uh, experience our rapid eye movements called REMs that we, that we uh, naturally have during deep sleep. Yes. So, uh, so the scientific hypothesis behind that is that when eye movements are done uh, in an awake state, a client is awake now, it's not like they're sleeping. So in an awake state, moving their eyes back and forth kind of helps uh, the right brain and the left brain to kind of integrate. And reprocess. And reprocess. The, which is the R. Yes. Which, yes. And um, I know that my understanding, it was first really um, used for military, mm -hmm. right? Because they have post-traumatic stress. Absolutely. Right. And we get triggers that sometimes we don't. Um, expect or see coming. I mean, right. that's what a trigger. We obviously we get triggered by right. something, and then we just react to the feelings. Yes, right. That are associated with the original uh, experience that a person may have had. Yes, a negative experience. So if somebody say had a bad plane flight. Right. Right. Or somebody was locked in a closet as a child, or something terrible with abuse like Absolutely. that. They can be claustrophobic from that, Absolutely. or obviously, like I said, with the plane or. Right, and now they perceive anything right now to be a threat because that's what their brain tells that's, them that's correct right so what you do is helping them so with eye movements it kind of helps a person to first and foremost reduce that anxiety and once that anxiety is reduced then we uh, make use of something called cognitive restructuring that's where cbt part of it comes in that kind of transforms the person's original negative belief that, hey, I'm in danger or this is unsafe to feeling, hey, I am safe and I can do this. Yes. That renewed sense of confidence, that renewed sense of sense of control. Right. Will Excellent. Okay. And I just wanted to share. So some, you know, like people I've met that, you know, they may have had a bad flight. Um, Absolutely. So here, yeah. yeah. I've had also um, a mom who didn't want to have her kids see her like, you know, quote, freaking out on the plane. Right. Right. That was a concern. Um, and then I had, you know, I have a stepmom who she never had a bad uh, plane flight, but after 9-11, she didn't want to fly again after what Absolutely. happened. That's a so, vicarious trauma. Yeah. It's so it's not that she was, yeah. Out. So it was like, yeah, vicarious because she wasn't actually she, on the plane. It was like, oh, I had a bad, you know, turbulence. Right. I had this or that. Right. But, oh, I saw what could happen. That's right. That's kind of like a contagion effect of uh, empathizing with another person. And then also while empathizing, you are also traumatized by the thought of okay this is not safe anymore so your brain is now yes. already saying hey th this is currently very dangerous right so and whatever any of our listeners might be going through absolutely it's all okay yes and people might say what are you talking about you never have a bad flight but if it's a problem it's a problem it is and you should go get some help so you don't let it control your life that's right and yes. if you're listening, you're in the right place right now. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, I mean, just let me start by kind of at least saying that fear, this is not, fear is not something that we need to kind of be afraid of. 
okay it's a very primal defense mechanism it is very important for our bodies without fear we are not going to be able to survive yes so it is our friend we need to kind of look at fear mm -hmm. as our compassionate friend that's going to be there to help us when we need it yes yes but for some reason sometimes when we when we when we assume something to be dangerous then that threat is in it's playing a role that it does not know how to play so all it does is it just kind of goes black and white it's either safe or dangerous so it's our it's our turn it's our ceo of our brain that kind of helps to decipher okay now this let let me kind of really figure out is this really a danger or is this safe and i'm actually kind of somehow thinking that this is dangerous yes. so it's our perception of what we look at whether it's safe or dangerous is what matters. Yes, and how much control we have, right? And how much control we have. Yes. And so so I wanted to kind of make sure that, you know, fear is seen as something that is real, but it's the perception of what is threat and what is dangerous is so important, especially with the fear of, for the fear of flying. Okay. And, um, and the stats, for example, I just want you guys to know that 25% uh, of the United in the United States, 20 25% of the population in the United States experience some form of fear with flight. Mm -hmm. And intense fear, when people have intense fear, it's around 6.5%, which means what we're talking about is 20 million, more than 20 million people in, in the United States have a very intense fear of flying yeah and, so and i bet it's alone. yeah and i bet without the world i'm sure it's close to that amount too absolutely. right absolutely yes. this is this is by according to the national institute of mental health by the way so this is okay a, a good statistics yeah. to know that you're not alone you're not that's alone. the first thing to know yes is fear is not something you need to be afraid of and you're not alone okay 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 and so uh, the thing with um the flight, so flight phobia is also called, is also known formally as aviophobia. And it's like aviation. Aviation. Okay. And it's just, uh, it's not something you're born with. You, this is absolutely all, many of these phobias are actually learned and they can be overcome. That's yes. the most beautiful thing to know about yes. this is that you can overcome that. I always tell people, you know, anything learned can be unlearned and we can learn something new. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Absolutely. important to remember. And so I think the aviation, or sorry, the flight, uh, what we call flight phobia or aviophobia, it can, uh, it definitely has two parts to it. So there are people listening out there who, who may be just saying, hey, I don't feel like, I don't feel anxious or I don't just don't feel panic, but I just don't know the, the nitty gritty of what a flight entails. Yes. So what's important to know is that flight phobia, in order to really get to the bottom of it and stay and have a sense of control, we need to know that there's a technological or an educational aspect to flight phobia. And there's also the psychological aspect of flight phobia. So it's very important to know the, the nitty gritty of what is unknown. So what is unknown can actually make our brains immediately go to the primal panic response saying, hey, that's, that's, you know, you're not familiar with this, so it must be really scary. So to kind of know that you don't fly often, but the one that you don't know, what is aviation process like? What is the Federal Aviation Authority? What do they do? What is the, uh, what is the training involved for pilots? And so there are a couple of online resources right now that are really helpful to kind of help ease this uh, technological, to get more information about them. The more you know about them, 
the more power you have and the more mm-hmm. sense of control you feel. So the one, the first resource I might uh, add is um, this book called Soar. It's written by uh, Captain Tom Bunn. He is a licensed clinical social worker, as well as he is a very pre, a very seasoned pilot. Excellent. And he's written a book about this whole thing about what the flight entails, what the pilot needs to do, and and uh, and what is the aviation process like? What is the what is the engine feel like when the plane takes off, and and all the different little sounds that the flight makes, including turbulence in in yes. when you're on flight. He says these are all nothing to be worried about because the more you know about it, the less your your brain is going to say, okay, I I know this feeling, I know this sound, it's safe. Right, right. So there's that. So and he also has, um, so not just the book, but he also has an online resource which will be given at the end of the podcast. I guess you can kind of go sure. and look at that. Okay. And there's another captain by the by named uh, uh, Stacy Chance, and he. Has also he's got an online free online resource that people can go into, Excellent. and they can kind of take a re, uh, lesson for free. Yes, online. Yeah, and again, this talks about most of it talks about the technological aspects of so of the of flight. So if you're one of those people that are really afraid of not knowing what things are, what what the whole process looks like, this is one of the most it's a great starts. Yeah, and I think you told me before too. We spoke before we started. The podcast right. was, um, you know, thinking about how the pilots also want to get home to their families. Absolutely, right. I that's think I never, I never thought of the psychological aspect. Yeah, of it. that's. I never thing. thought about that before. Right. You know about how they want to also get home. Right. And be safe, and they have family that wants to come back. That's right. That's a very important point. What you're making is the next point that we're going into is the psychological aspects of of the flight phobia. Okay. So. From what I know about clients with the other side of this, uh, so with the psychological aspect is when you ask clients, you know, when I ask them, what is the, what is the most disturbing part of your flying experience currently? What is it that's going on for you? Clients have varied uh, fears. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this, it starts with some, one of the most common fear I've heard is loss or separation, leaving loved ones behind mm. or having loved ones with them so first let's talk about leaving loved ones behind there is a thought that says you know i'm irresponsible if something happens i i don't deserve to be happy i don't deserve to have the freedom to go and explore because mm. what if something happens uh they're dependent on me now if it's a mother if it's a parent this this kind of this psychological fear uh is generally seen to happen with people in their 20s or late 20s 30s when they have families yes this fear tends to kind of uh take precedence and so uh so there's that part and then there's also people who have little kids in the flight and say if something were to happen i'm responsible for my kids so again there you have to now balance look you want to live yes but then you you carry on this burden of carrying these thoughts and these thoughts are really going to just add to the fear. Right. And, and, and controlling your life, life, right? Like I'm not going to go explore and have all these great experiences right. and memories with my family. Right. And so you're impacting yourself that, that you're impeding that freedom for yourself. But at the same time, you're also remember you're also impacting your children because now they see you and go, okay, 
uh, mom's not going or dad's not going because they're afraid. So that means, is the world really so terrible that I cannot do it? So they right. may end up feeling like I cannot do this. Either, right, yeah. Right. And you do a lot of with the cognitive therapy, right. with anxiety, we talk a lot about the what if thinking. The what if thinking. And this is all, you know, what what if this happens? What if that Absolutely. happens? Absolutely. Yeah, and I agree with you that, you know, anxious parents have anxious kids, That's right? Correct. So. If my mom's scared, then she's correct then in being scared. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so then I don't want to do it either. That's so right. that's where EMDR and then and the, and the CBT part of it comes in to yes. help them reduce their distress and then take on that replacing that uh, negative thought to more like, hey, this is a uh, this is something that I can do and I'll be okay. Yes. So let me ask you this. I don't know if I'm yeah. jumping too far ahead yet, but you know. To get to go through and do the MDR beat on me with a specialist like you or, yes. you know, wherever you guys live to find somebody. Um, but is there with our podcast today, are there any tools you could give someone that they could take away to maybe work, start working on this Absolutely. on their own? So the first part, I think, to for uh, and be, yeah. And before we continue with the psychological aspect, I think, yeah, the, uh, the the question and that's a very important question is whether you're dealing with the technological aspect of it or the psychological aspect of it. Mm. You have you have to uh, somehow learn how to self-regulate. OK. And one of the most important self-regulating exercise is the deep breathing. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of different deep, deep breathing exercises. The most important one is the diaphragmatic breathing, okay. which is basically if you're right now hearing, if you're right now listening, uh, you can try this right now while we are, you know, while we're doing this podcast. It's you deep breathe in. When you deep breathe in, you almost visualize your your tummy out moving out mm -hmm. outward. And then you deep breathe for four counts, hold for two, and then you let go for four. And while you're doing this, the next time when you deep breathe in, tell yourself the words, I will. And then when you breathe out, tell yourself, relax. So you can use mantras like, I will relax. It will be okay. Okay. So as you're breathing. As you're breathing. Okay. And we can, so we can get creative as, as creative as we can get. So we can also use healing light, a light that you associate with healing. Okay. And you can imagine when you're breathing in, it's almost like it swoops away the disturbing mm -hmm. feeling. And then when you breathe out, it'll just breathe out that tension along yeah. with that healing light. So, so you want to pick an affirmation that you connect with and you know um you know that you feel you believe it absolutely right so maybe even that like you breathe in you know i will maybe like you know be safe be safe or right. i am in control i'm in control right i'll be right okay. and part of the cbt with that yes. is i always tell everyone you know what you tell your brain really matters yes because your brain believes whatever you tell it absolutely so if you say i'm not safe your brain believes you. If you say I am safe, your brain believes right. you. Right. That's, that's exactly it. So yes. when they're when they're doing these, so this relaxation techniques is basically like uh, it's it's kind of like a band aid because you're controlling, you're bringing a sense of grounding, and when once the grounding hits, then when you've already done your eye movements in in therapy. And also with the cognitive restructuring, like you just mentioned just now, is to perceive at that moment when you're breathing, you will then start to uh, let yourself really believe what you're saying. Yes. I will be safe. I will be able to, to have control. Yes. That. Um, so that's the reason why we start with the relaxation techniques. And so once once people start to learn it, 
then when they're doing eye movements and when they when the uh, replacement of these uh, irrational beliefs take over to more realistic beliefs then they then this uh, these techniques become very effective okay yeah and so julie uh, i wanted to continue to share some other psychological fears that could come about so we talked about loss and separation the other part that i have that clients talk about the most disturbing aspects of their experience would be post-traumatic stress experiences like you just mentioned in the beginning of the podcast you know either vicariously learning through like someone just died of a car crash of sorry of a plane crash or they might have experienced something very very uh, disturbing on flight yes like a complete very very um bad turbulence yeah or you know what i just thought of now Uh is with covid you know these passengers are punching the stewardesses and out of control absolutely right like and you have no control of leaving there's no control of exiting yeah and you're hoping the staff can handle it and how scary is that absolutely so that would be a new one that would be a new one (laughs) just so you know there are so there are things that are being put in place right now for that yes the flight attendants are also they now know how to kind of uh deal with people who are very abrasive and who are very aggressive Mm -hmm. on flight they also uh, this brings me to the next uh psychological fear is especially people who don't worry about the flight who are like all comfortable about everything except they're so afraid that they may have a panic attack on board okay okay so that means that they're afraid that they may be embarrassed in front of people they may lose control and at the same time what if this leads to a medical uh issue will there be someone there to help them so that in itself just so we work on that one of the most important things to remember there are a couple of things one any kind of anxiety or panic is not going to affect your body it's not going to harm you but it's going to be very uncomfortable it's going to feel very uncomfortable that's where the relaxation techniques and the eye movements that you've done and the cognitive restructuring that you've done is going to kind of all come to place Mm -hmm. okay so with that just know that for the medical aspect of it the flight attendants have a special training to take care of cpr uh, aed defibrillators yes they are learned they they actually go through the training to be able to do all of those okay so just know that you not that you're not not that you're going to go there yeah you're not that you would need it even Even, if you had a panic exactly with panic it'll never it almost certainly will not but just knowing that just knowing that your brain is just going to go oh okay so i am i can be taken care of i can be taken care of is the word those worst case scenario worst case scenario yeah and that's all your brain will need at that moment okay is to feel and know that you are in control even though you feel like you're not yes and so along that there's also this claustrophobic feeling that people have with panic is that they look at the door and as soon as the door shuts <laughs> is the saying oh my goodness i'm trapped yes but with emdr you are going to restructure that the the cognition there is i'm not not instead of going to i am trapped you're telling your brain this i'm safe now because it is now closed everything is going to be fine and most importantly one of the most important aspect is to know that the pilot that's drive that's flying this flight is another person just like you he is a human being that has a family to go to okay he cares about you just as much as he cares about his family yes 
So pilots take this extremely seriously. They are the most control, you know, if you want to know who's the most control freak out here, <laughs> it's not you, it's the pilot. <laughs> and driving, for example, on, on, on land, there's no, the, you, you take chances. Whereas on flight, nothing is taken, nothing is flown out of chance. Mm -hmm. Everything has three or four backup systems. Yeah, good point. So just know that if you are wanting to meet pilot, wanting to meet the pilot before the flight, that's always, it, it can be arranged. Just know that nowadays pilots have, they, they know about uh, people having fear. Yeah. And can, can, can you share, you told me before about right. this letter that sometimes yes. therapists write. Therapists can write a letter on behalf of, uh, for you and in order to be given, so the letter can be given to the flight attendant to, to take it, take over to the pilot. And so he, most likely, they will come out and meet, meet you and, and set your, that, that part of your anxiety mm. down. So that kind of feels like I can surrender that control yes. to a person yes. who is not going to take, uh, you know, is going to take it 110% seriously yes. about taking you safely to the place that you want to go. Yes. So all you need to do there is to just sit down and uh, feel like uh, you can kind of think about your destination. Yes. You can think about what are all the good things and fun things you'll be doing yes. versus thinking about, oh my gosh, I need to go and I need, I need to fly right now. Because, right. So, so you can, so if somebody is, you know, in treatment already and getting help yes. and then they ask their therapist, therapist would might just say, you know, this is my client. They're, you know, they have yes. this, you know, fear, fear of flying. And if they want to really meet you and I want to kind of just have mm -hmm. you meet them for a couple of minutes. Okay. That's You know, I, I never knew or even thought, I know I've, you know, knowing like you could say to the stewardess, like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, nervous and they could talk to you, but I had not thought or heard of people ever getting a letter. Right. Which is simple and simple, easy. Right. Right. And Absolutely. this would, just for you guys to know, this would be like, if you have a therapist and you work with them, it's not to call a therapist, say, hey, can you just write me a letter? Right. You know, be somebody when you're under their care In, and they know your care. story. That's and, right. You know, and I suppose, you know, if you want to write your own letter, might, that might be enough That's, too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't absolutely. need it. You could say, yeah, you could write it your own letter if you don't want to, if you think you're not going to say it right. Or you rather just hand it to the yes, steward the and yeah. say, "Here, can you give this to the pilot?" I'm absolutely. just nervous about being on the plane. Absolutely. Yeah. So and either or, you could do it yourself. Absolutely. And to add to the both the psychological aspect and the technical technological aspect of the phobia, we we bring in another part of CBT, which is very important. So we so far we've talked about the cognitive restructuring piece, right? Like how we change the perception from from it's dangerous to it's safe. I can't, I have no control versus I can uh, be okay. I will be okay at the end of it. I yes. have a sense of control. There is another part aspect of CBT that's uh, also used in EMDR. It's called exposure, uh, a part of it. Now there are two types of exposure. Generally when we, when we treat clients with phobia, uh, say for example, they have an elevator, claustrophobia on elevators. The most uh, common uh, uh, treatment there is eye movements with in vivo, something called an in vivo exposure, which is basically taking the client right there to an elevator and helping them practice. So the, the, the idea behind that is the more you expose the person to an unfamiliar, unsafe thing, the better the brain is going to feel like, okay, this is not really as scary as it is, right? right? So the more you do it, 
the 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 less the, the more desensitized the brain gets yes and, and then it's it like it's gone right. right but in flight we can do a little bit of both so there's one in vivo where you know you can go to the airport you can kind of sit there and maybe maybe yeah you can also i can therapist can write you a letter where you can actually get into the lounge area or into that into the gate sitting there and watching the planes land or you know take off the, the you can hear the plane a lot clearly there mm -hmm. maybe there's that uh the other part if you're not able to do that then that's no problem we can do something called imaginal exposure what that means is using eye movements we play video clips or we have a client listen to an audio clip of for example uh the plane taking off and the thrust also called the engine speed the engine sound mm -hmm. is so loud and so scary that you feel it in the room even though you're not there and then eye movements are done to desensitize that distress gotcha. that people feel okay so i just wanted them to kind of know that so emdr incorporates a lot of so we have cognitive we have relaxation techniques for self-control we also have eye movements to kind of help desensitize the body sensations that are disturbing then we take cognitive restructuring from cbt to kind of help them change their perception of the flight itself from being dangerous to being more safe and then to use imaginal exposure to make it even more to enhance the feeling of control even yes more. yes so and let, let me add with the in vivo yeah. with you know being there because um you know how high security it's hard to get yes. in the gate so i just want you know, some other ideas you know i know we're in california some of the air um ports now have where you know you're waiting for it to pick somebody up yeah. so without having to quote park it's like these cell phone parking lots they call them but anyways you could sit there you could watch the airplanes go, go up and down yeah. sometimes just if you the start is just driving past the airport maybe that's, that's as much as you could do right. And then you go park in the parking lot right. and then, you know, buying the ticket. That's right. Those are, yeah. So these types are different types. Yeah. Right. Little steps. So it's not just like, you know, you might be going, they're not going to let me sit in the gate, which right. that's a good point that they may not right. let you, but there's these other things that you can do right. before you actually get like on the flight. And right. then I guess packing your bag probably Absolutely. right there. I'm getting ideas as I'm so talking, but this is a very good different point. Things. What you're just bringing out is an excellent point because that's what the entire therapy entails. Step by step. Step by step. All the way from uh, we we have the client imagine sitting down and making that first booking. Okay. And what is that like? So it's almost like going through it in your mind, imaginally, what's going to happen one at a time. Booking the appointment. Oh, sorry. Booking the flight, then booking the hotel or wherever you're going, and then getting ready to prepare for the packing. What is that like? to pack your luggage and then pack your toiletries and then then take either are you are you going to um, go on a rental car you're going to drive yourself yes. have someone drive you there and then what is that like to be in the parking lot then what is that like to go into the airport check in then go to the security check and then you have the lounge area then you have the gate yes everything is one step at a time and so your your uh, so it all depends on where you feel stuck so whether you can gotcha. uh, so for every client it's about we start out from that starting point till the end where they finally can imagine what that is like when the plane lands and then they're out of that yes okay. so that's the whole experience and again like i'm saying this is not something 
you want to kind of for some clients it's not about uh, oh i i want to kind of enjoy the flight hey that would be awesome if you enjoy the flight but what we are trying to say is be realistic you just want to see this as another mode of transport yes so if that is all you need to do that's very realistic and right. really i cannot see why anyone can not overcome this right right so. and, and people do and they do well and of clients call me and say hey, everything went great absolutely i'm feeling so those, much better yes also we also part of my cbt is i work on action plans so yes. i say you know what are some things while you're on the plane yeah because i don't want you just to white knuckle it right so you know take your favorite book maybe you're going to watch a movie like the book you has do a some, lot of those uh, yeah, tips that you tips can do in soar mm -hmm. in yeah soar. Right. So that you want to have things of pleasure mm -hmm. that you can be doing while you're on. You know, Absolutely. I know I've watched, I'm not nervous to fly, but just sometimes I'm on a long flight yeah. and just watching movies just makes it go by Absolutely. so fast, right? And and for, and, and uh, Captain, both the captains that I've mentioned so far, Captain Stacy Chance and Captain uh, Tom Bunn have an audio that you can download their voice and every single sound that the flight makes they are with you yes and, you, and know, you can download that and you can just uh listen to it yeah and there was an i um uh plane i was on before um i don't know if other planes have this but i know it was JetBlue, and i was really impressed that they had headspace which is a relaxation app on the plane and they had the one you can listen to for flying and i'm like how ingenious is that's that great. that's and that was at least a few years ago that's right and you know so you can you know put your headphones in they're getting smarter. That's correct. That people need a little bit of help. That's right. And they had the app on, you know, their little TV. That's right. And I said, this is fantastic. This is great. great. Absolutely. So there's and lots any, of resources. any person can listen to it. You just have, don't have to be afraid to kind of listen to it. But right. the fact that you can, you feel more confident, feel like, hey, this is. So that's something you great. could practice too. Absolutely. Is, you know, listening to, you know, you could headspace or whatever app you want to listen to. Absolutely. You know, for, uh, and pick one for flying. Absolutely. And so when you listen to it, it won't be the first time when you're on the plane. You'll be yes. like, oh, here's the one that I like. And it really Absolutely. helps me and reminds me to breathe and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, so I've had, I mean, again, like I, I, I'm, I really do feel like I really do believe now with uh, the number of clients that come in and then have that, that success story kind of makes you really feel like, wow, this is, I mean, it's not something that is just written in book and some, somebody's out there just feeling it. This is not a feeling people actually do it and feel yes they, they can share that story saying hey look i really have done it and it feels great yes to know that not that oh the feeling was great but the but the fact that i could do it yes and not feel like this is a threat and you feel good it's an accomplishment it, it's a big accomplishment and that is something you need to kind of really feel proud from the inside yes. out yes and and i think the one one other aspect that i would right, really like to add is with the medication you know some clients okay. have asked whether hey should i can i take medication hey i'm not against medication at all but what i would highly recommend is that when you when these tools for example medication is like like i said the relaxation tool when you learn and if you don't do the eye movements or you don't learn the cognitive restructuring these relaxation techniques may not be as effective as when you do the whole treatment right it's the same thing to do with medication so when you do that you don't really need the medications right. because medication is again like another band-aid right and you have to be very like it's it it's not it's not just me i think the doctors recommend that as well because oh it's, yes it's like it's the right dosage and at the right timing 
So taking those, not following those requirements uh, of taking medications might actually cause more anxiety, might make you feel more anxious, or it may not just be helpful at all. It may not even have any effect at all. Right, because you know, taking the medicine since it's a Band-Aid, it's not going to make you feel like you have more control because right. you're more dependent on something and else something. working. Exactly. And then and if you go back to the what ifs. Right. What if it doesn't work? If, now I'm screwed because I have correct. nothing else because I've done nothing else. That's absolutely it. Yeah. And that's, and that's not the experience we want you to have. No. Yeah. And that's many doctors are, you know, really uh, acknowledging that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in the Mind Over Mood, Dr. Yeah. Greenberger and Podesky in the anxiety chapter yeah. talk about medication. Yeah. And that and Dr. Burns that I have a lot of training with talks about, you know, that medication has its place, has its but, place, right? you know, these, you know, clonopin, Valium, all, you know, Ativan, those medications yeah. in the long term don't Dead. really right. help you. Right. Right. And they're addictive and all of those things right. that, you know, at the core, yeah. you know, we want to change Please. your belief systems and have you be like, whatever I'm going forward in, if I have, have tools. That's correct. If you have self-regulating tools already put in place yeah, i'll be okay then you'll be okay yes and i think most importantly like i think i don't mind or i i think doctors recommend just giving you medications and i would say maybe keep the medications with you in your purse or in your hand luggage and that in itself is a is you know your brain is already going to feel safe to know that hey there is a backup yes just even knowing that there is a backup most, I mean, I've had clients tell me that they they don't they've not they've done EMDR and they're ready to go. But you know, after doing the EMDR, they say, "I don't know, I don't feel anything, I don't know if it's going to work." But I'm going to take my medication just like that in my purse anyway. And they've taken it and they call me back from the uh, from when they land, and they're like, "Guess what, Antoinette? I don't I didn't even need to take any medication. Yes, it was just there with me." Just in I, case. And and a couple of them said I I completely forgot that there was the oh, medication good. was just there. Good. So just knowing that I would recommend that, hey, if you want to have to take your medication, just take it with you. Yes. And not use it. Okay. Okay. See you so let's, backup. Okay. So let's just review for a minute. So with the CBT yes. is, you know, if you're using the mind over move book or whatever workbook you're using, is you know, doing the um cognitive challenging and restructuring reframing where you know what are my hot thoughts about what i think is going to happen right. and challenging right. them practice the breathing techniques you know finding an emdr therapist if you want to do that extra you know therapy regarding helping with the fear so right. there's lots of tools but there's things right now you can do regarding the breathing exercises you know working on the cbt you yes. know driving by the airport parking in the parking lot making the appointment, you know, not right. the appointment, the uh, booking, right. you know, all of those things. So there's some things you guys can take away from our podcast today. And then if you feel like you need more, you know, Antoinette's going to share with you how you can find her. Right. I'm going to share again how you can always find me right. and any other, you know, wherever you're living in the world, you can find therapists that are trained like we are that can help you as well. Absolutely. So how can they find you if they would like to find okay. you? <laughs> so all of you are listening. Yeah, just reiterating that Fear is not something to be afraid of. It is very important. It's part of your body. And you're here to learn how to uh, uh, be your own CEO of your fear. Okay? You be, be your own CEO of yourself. So um, this you definitely can overcome. And if you'd like more information about this, like I said, the SOAR book out there by, uh, by Captain Tom Bunn. Uh, there are online resources. Uh, all of that will be kind of listed down in, in the podcast. 
And if you'd like to know more about what I do, uh, you can reach me on my website. It's www.antoinettemft.com. Or you can reach me via email if you have any personal questions. I would be more than happy to answer. It's uh, heal at antoinettemft.com. And I think those things will again be uh, listed in the podcast for you. Um, good luck. And uh, yeah, let's put this. Uh, uh, what would you say, Julie? Like what would we like to leave the viewers with feeling like? They feeling feeling empowered. Empowered. And knowing that you're not alone, yes, but you can overcome this and not to let it, you know, control your life and, and you know, yeah. put down some things maybe on your bucket list of places you want to go visit. Absolutely. And get excited about that. Live. Let's and, live yeah, and just see how phenomenal yeah. that you can get it, you know, anywhere in the world pretty much in a day. Absolutely. Right. We have Which the opportunity and the, and the, yeah, we yeah. have the chance to do that. Exactly. Which we didn't. You know, decades ago. Decades ago, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it gives yeah, it gives me the opportunity to live the, the life that I want fully. Absolutely. So I just need to go get maybe a little bit of help and I can Absolutely. get there. Absolutely. And just so you know that these resources are just resources out there, you, uh, I think it's highly recommended that you do a combination of using those resources and doing uh, cognitive behavioral therapy or EMDR or both. Yes. To kind of get the best Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope this is helpful for all of you. If again, if you have any questions, you can reach Antoinette. You can reach me at my CBT podcast at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram under my CBT podcast. My um, Facebook is Dr. Osborne. And you can also go to my website at mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. All my information's on there. Um, and if you need me to get your information to Antoinette, I can do that as well. So you know, please reach out, give us some feedback. We can answer extra questions um, that maybe we didn't address today. And I appreciate you sharing your time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you won't miss the next one. Thanks for joining us. Thank you again, Dr. Gupta, for being with us. It was Thank super you, helpful. I love, you know, well, I'm here to help you guys. And that's my intention with my podcast. So the more professionals and extra tools I can share with you, you know, that's why I've asked recently to have some guests because I just want to be there for you and be able to address the things that you're struggling with. So thanks again for joining us. Stay safe and remember to make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel.